but I want to get out of restaurants and go back into a job that allows me to connect again with the farmers, the wine producers, the Italians. I still speak fluent Italian and I just want to be able to be more in contact with them. Because working in a restaurant's rough, the hours are rough and you're in the same building every day. And I'm just looking to sort of take the leap out. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. What's the thing that very few people are asking right now that almost everyone is missing? Instead of saying, should I be looking right now? What if you flipped it on its head and said, how do I take this opportunity where very few people are taking action on their job search and use this time to make a leap into something bigger? Now, that's a question worth some serious consideration. And this is also a question that Scott dives into with Eleanor on the podcast today. Now, this is a recording of a live Q&A training that we had last Monday. And before we get to that question, though, Scott's also going to address figuring out how a certain company can be the right fit for you or figuring out if a certain company is the right fit for you. And also, how to network online when you're an introvert. And then also, here's Scott addressing the very first question. Question number one. This comes from Tiffany, and I thought it was a great question. It's also one we've been getting a lot lately. Is it possible to change jobs during this health crisis, during this pandemic? We've been getting a lot of variations of this, and I think it's a really legitimate question. Other variations of the question, Tiffany, have been something along the lines, hey, I hear a lot of companies are freezing hiring. Hey, I'm experiencing different types of reactions when I am engaging with applying online or as I am thinking about the hiring process. My friends have been telling me, don't do it. Or just one of the things that I've observed is almost everybody is sitting back and waiting to see what happens. Well, Two pieces of, I think, relatively good news. One piece of maybe less good news overall first, which is, yeah, as near as I can tell in looking at some of the data and reaching out to my friends that have a pretty good pulse on the hiring market is that there are probably close to half of organizations that have implemented some kind of hiring freeze in one way or another. Now, does that mean it's every organization? No, absolutely not. In fact, one of the things that we've seen is that some organizations are through the roof in terms of needing additional people and maybe more importantly, needing people in new and different ways than they did even just three weeks ago. Now, to me, that spells opportunity. You know, when I think about this, I'm always looking at the people that we help often want something that is the exception to the rule anyways. And what I mean by that is almost everybody that comes to us, they're not just looking for a job. So if you're spending your time here, I'm going to guess that you're probably not just looking for another job. You can probably get a job on your own in some, some fashion or another. Most of the time, if you're here 
listening to this right now, you're interested in work that's much more meaningful or much more fulfilling while still paying well, and it still fits what you want and who you are in many different ways. And if that's what you're looking for, I think it's a huge opportunity because almost everybody is going to be sitting back waiting for the next one to three months here and not taking action on making changes. Well, many organizations are experiencing growth through this and needing new and different people. And a lot of the times when we've helped people on the back end, if you've listened to the podcast, a lot of those stories that you hear us share on the podcast, well, they've gotten roles either modified or created for them. And part of the way that they've done that is by not going about their career change or job search in the same way that everybody else is doing. So opportunity number one, being able to take action while everybody else is waiting. Opportunity number two is companies that are growing right now and will continue to grow over the next three to six months are going to need people in new and different ways and therefore be more open than ever before to creating new and different types of roles that really fit their needs because they're going to have to adapt at a different rate than probably what they were used to over the previous month or the month before that. Okay. So yes, it's possible to change. In fact, one other piece of information that I'll share is I've been looking through LinkedIn. I don't spend a ton of time on LinkedIn, but I try and get in there once a day and respond to messages and things like that. But going through my profile, like I've seen new, you know, congratulate Jim on this opportunity. I've seen a ton of that, maybe even more than what I had seen before. So are people actually changing roles during this time? Yeah. Some people are getting promotions that they didn't know they were going to get. Other people are still changing. Other people are wrapping up uh, interview and offer prior processes. And there are still some that are being delayed too at the same time. If it's a priority for you, I definitely would not stop. Okay, so hopefully that helps with a different way to think about it, Tiffany. I thought it was a great question. Question number two that we're getting, and we've got this one in a variety of fashions too. And I apologize, I might not say your name right, Hui, but when looking for a job, how do I figure out if this is the right company for me and will provide me with the opportunities to serve? So I think this is an incredibly compelling question. This is almost the question in some ways, because we just covered that, you know, many people can find a job. Most of the people that are here or listening to Happen to Your Career on the podcast or reading our emails are not just looking for any job, any role in with any company. Here's what this means. The prereq that must happen is you must have an incredibly specific understanding of what creates the right company for you. And if you don't have that or don't know that, then it's going to be really, really difficult to begin to identify organizations that are right for you. So, you know, another way to think about that would be if you're going to take a road trip and you don't know where you're going on the road trip, it might be really difficult to get there. If you're going to you know, wander around the US aimlessly and you're totally okay if you just happen to end up in Montana or something along those lines, that's great. However, most people are interested in moving towards some kind of destination. You have almost zero hope of moving towards a particular type of destination if you don't know where that is. So if you don't know that you're going to Tallahassee, Florida, it's going to be really difficult to enter in the GPS, Tallahassee, Florida, and then chart out a path or a route to be able to get there. 
But if you do have that information and you, in this case, you specifically understand what makes an amazing organization for you, what makes an amazing role for you, what are the pieces that you need the very most, then it makes it much, much easier to be able to have that happen. Is it still easy? No, it's, it's still the people that we work with regularly describe it as one of the most difficult changes that they've made in their life. Because it's not just about making a job change. It's about changing the way that you look at work and really defining and clarifying what it is that you want and what you need and what creates a great situation for you too. So that's the prereq. And what I would tell you is that the plan for how to get there, that route, you know, what pops up on the GPS changes pretty drastically based on where you want to go. So typically that's a lot of the work that we find ourselves doing behind the scenes with people is helping them figure out what is the right route for them as it relates to where they want to go. But until you've done that upfront work, the harder work that is makes it near impossible to get there. So what I would encourage you to think about is sit down and begin defining out what you know about what you need in the next step. And if you're struggling with that, that's where I'd definitely reach out to us. Talk to Philip. Philip's role, by the way, if I didn't mention it, Philip's phenomenal at this. He's the director of student success and client success in our organization. So a lot of the times when people are interested in working with us, Philip's one of the first people that they get to talk to. He asks really great questions to help you figure out what do you actually need or what's the right type of support. But that would be another place for you to start too. Email us directly and we'll help connect you up. All right. Question number three, I'm an introvert. How do I network online? From Diane. Diane, I thought I saw you on here. If so, is it okay if I pull you up to ask you a little bit more about this? That way I can give you some pieces that are a little bit more actionable than just some of the things that you can do as an introvert. I'm an introvert too, by the way. I don't know if a lot of people have said they can't tell. However, that it's true. I'm an introvert very, very much. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am excited to have this conversation here. So give me a little bit of background, if you don't mind. Out of the workforce for three years. <laughs> and I'm not really good. I've never really been an extrovert, even when I was working. So everyone keeps telling me to get back into the workforce. I need to network, LinkedIn, et cetera. But I don't have that many people I know on LinkedIn. So everybody's telling you, all you got to do is network, right? Like just, exactly. just get out there and do some networking. And... <laughs> All of those types of things, right? Yes. Can I ask you a different question? Sure. What are the ways that you have found, like just push LinkedIn off for a moment, but just, you know, as an introvert and what you know about yourself, what are some of the ways where you have effectively built relationships? So let's also push networking off out the window for just a moment and instead focus on relationships for just a moment. How do you find that you best build relationships with people? Anybody. Typically people I'm in touch with constantly or I work with, most part work with. Uh I still have relationships with people I worked with 20 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. So clearly you're good at building relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sign. That's fantastic. How do you manage to still have those relationships? How do you manage to stay in touch with those types of people over a period of 20 years? Because that Um, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, we touch via messenger and we have to do a girls weekend away every once in a while. Awesome. Yeah is the types of conversations that you find yourself having via messenger or otherwise, what are those types of conversations? Just curious. Some of it's just, you know, 
BS and the and some of it's like, you know, I'm looking for a job. What do you think? And, you know, someone will say, well, go on sales. And because she's a salesperson, I'm like, I can't do that. That's not me. So, by the way, we know one thing that it sounds like you're not interested in, which is moving <laughs> the sales route. Okay, check that off the list. Awesome. Here's a couple of suggestions for you. I would say that even though you're an introvert, you might actually find that building relationships, and I want to just retarget here for just a moment instead, say, let's not worry as much about networking because, first of all, networking kind of sucks at best for many people, but especially introverts. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Um, I know that's putting it harshly. Instead, what I think is very effective and also easier, especially if you're, when you're coming at it from an introvert, is focus on how can I begin or build relationships or lean into relationships that I already have and continue to, to strengthen them. So can I give you one or two examples of how that might look? Absolutely. Okay. So even if you don't have many contacts on LinkedIn, this could be something that you could do linked on LinkedIn, but it also could be something that you could do where you could literally like pick up the phone, or it could also be something that you could do in email format as well. But I found that it works better for introverts. I'm going to just kind of use what you already told me has worked for you in the, in the past, and then we'll modify that slightly to a way that could work for you going forward. So here's how that might look. I think one of the things that's going to be really important is the same thing that I said. You've got to have the prereq of understanding enough about where you want to go that you have a place to start. Because I think that you can just go and get a job, but as we already established, like <laughs> not every job is going to be right for you. Right. <laughs> sales, you already said sales is out the window. Right. <laughs> no. We know that there's probably other things to add to that list too that is going out the window. And instead, let's assume that you have already done enough work when you start reaching out to people and beginning building relationships online that to understand what are some of the places that you want to, want to go. So the way that that might start is once you have done that initial work to say, hey, here's what I do want in my next role. And here's what I need out of an organization that allows you to begin to build a small list of target companies or companies that you're interested in. So what you might find is that you already have some people in your existing network at the risk of using a bad word that you already have existing relationships that have some kind of connections to those other organizations or know somebody who's worked there in the past or know somebody who works there currently. And that is always the best place to start because then you can reach out to those people that you already know and say, Hey, I'm considering you know, going back to work. Would you be willing to introduce me to this person at the organization over here? Well, it looks like you know. And you, LinkedIn can be a great way to be able to identify that, but it's not the only way as well. What that might require is you being able to say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some of the work for you. If you're willing to do that, I will create a short write-up that you can use or modify or change to create that introduction. We have some examples on our website about that too, by the way, if you want an example script for how that could look, just look up, you know, happen to your career, how to connect with anyone or happen to your career introductions. And it'll give you an example of a script that'll go along with that. Oh, great. Um, that said, here's another way that you can do it. Even if you don't have existing people in your network, existing relationships that can introduce you to other people, what you could do is 
after you've identified some of those people in the target organizations that you're interested in working with, you could reach out to them and say, hey, I am considering making a career change. You don't have to go into the, you know, I'm going back to work and all kinds of things like that, but you can just say, I'm considering making a change and I was really interested in your organization and particularly really interested in what you're doing. Would you be willing to chat with me for 15 minutes? And can I ask you a few questions about what you're enjoying about it and what you are not enjoying about it? Now, they might say yes. They might say no. They might not answer potentially. However, if you get a yes, then guess what? You can schedule that out and do it as a call. You can do it on a Zoom call like we're doing right now if you want, or you can do it as a phone call, make it super simple on them. And from there, when you have that conversation, you can ask the things that you're curious about and want to know anyways. And now you've got the beginnings of a relationship. Okay. So here's the cool thing with that. As soon as you've got those beginnings of a relationship, that gives you the ability to pivot from there. And what that might sound like is after, at the end of that conversation and definitely be respectful of their time. If you've only asked for 15 minutes, make sure that you're checking in after that 15 minutes, not just blowing past it. But you can say something like, hey, you know what? This I really, really appreciate you taking the time, assuming it's genuine, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm really, really interested in your organization. What advice would you give me if I want to work here? Or who would you suggest that I connect with inside the organization that I could learn more about working here? Either way, it ends up being a gift that keeps on giving because then they can make another introduction for you inside the organization. You could continue to dive deeper if you want to determine if the organization is right for you. You don't even have to decide at that point in time, but you now have the beginning of a relationship and you can set up a next step in one way or another. So this can build into a series of steps. So Diane, does that make sense how that could work? And I know that's just one small example of how to apply this, but just like your other relationships, it is a series of interactions that builds a relationship spread over often time as well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Does that help give you some next steps or different ways to think about how you might begin building relationships online? Yes. Cool. Hey, thank you for the question. That's a super cool question. Okay. So let me be a good coach to you here since uh, you allowed me to put you on the spot. What do you think is one thing that you can do and apply in the next week here? Well, I can definitely reach out to people that I know at jobs. I'm at, there's one job in particular that I'm interested in and I used to work with her and I, I see her on Facebook. So I think I'll reach out to her. However, I have to caveat it with, I did apply for the job before and I really blew the interview because I was going through some things. So I really kind of want to get my foot in the door again. Cool. I think you should do it. Even if you blew the interview, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean all doors are closed. A lot of people are really, we see it every single day and this is normal human if you have experienced something along the lines. However, feel like when we blow the door and action doesn't go perfectly, then we should stop going down that route. And I would say, no, don't don't close off your own door because you don't get to make the decisions for everyone else. So that's super cool of you. And I would say, go do it. That's fantastic. Perfect. Let us know if we can continue to help. I sure hey, will. Thank you for jumping on here in the first place. Thank Appreciate you. It. All right. I want to go to question number four here. All right. This is from Eleanor. Eleanor says, how do I make the leap into something bigger? Example, I'm a sommelier at a restaurant, but I want to work in Italian wine exports. And I think I saw Eleanor on here. Eleanor, may we pull you up and get some of the background? Because I think 
there's more to the story here, if I recall. Excited to have you on here. Excited to talk through this question. Tell me a little bit about what is what is the background here? The background was that I worked and studied for years abroad in Italy um, on that side, working as an export manager and then studying viticulture, et cetera. And when I moved back to the United States, which was actually five years ago today, I got into restaurants because I thought that what I wanted to do was open a restaurant, but I've sort of changed my mind, but I am a certified sommelier and I focus on Italian wines, pairing them with Italian foods, et cetera. But I want to get out of restaurants and go back into a job that allows me to connect again with the farmers, the wine producers, the Italians. I still speak fluent Italian and I just want to be able to be more in contact with them because working in a restaurant's rough, the hours are rough and you're in the same building every day. And I'm just looking to sort of take the leap out. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. And one thing that I'm taking away is my family and I have been considering taking a month long trip to Italy and you're the person I need to call when, when that happens. So I need to be your friend. And at the same time, I think this is the type of challenge that a lot of people are, are having. You know, I've worked in this particular area. It's no longer what I want in one way or another. And in this case, it sounds like one of the things that you no longer want is, I'm going to call it the, I'm just going to call it the restaurant type hours or expectations that go along with it. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, exactly. Okay. And so you're trying to figure out how do I make moves and what are some ways that that can happen into something different, but still allows you to use some of these pieces that you have enjoyed. And I take it to mean are pretty good at and have a lot of knowledge and experience around too. Are we still heading the right direction? Yes, exactly. Just sort of, I feel like after five years in restaurants, that's a certain set of skills, but then I feel like I might be lacking some of the other ones. Like I might have to start at the very beginning all over again if I were to change careers into a new industry. I'll tell you that that is one of the most common things I hear people say. Philip's nodding his head vigorously because <laughs> Philip hears it too every single every single time. So I think if you don't want to quote unquote start over, you don't have to. Here's what I mean by that. I think that one of the things that I've seen over and over again is everyone has that concern. If I'm making a change to a new industry, if I'm making a change to a different content area, if I'm making a change to a new occupation in one way or another, that there's that fear behind it that does this mean I'm going to have to start over in one way or another? Start over in pay, start over in level, start it. There's a lot of ways that can somebody could start over. And what we experience is that in actuality, for most type of industry changes and most type of occupational changes, that's not true. And Eleanor, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but if you have, then you've probably heard some of the success stories on there where people are like, oh, I made a level change. I had two level changes at the same time as I was making a career change. And Although that's not necessarily the norm, what we do experience is that moving laterally can absolutely be the norm. Laterally in terms of pay, laterally in terms of experience level, uh, laterally in terms of some other areas too. So it's a fear for everybody. And if you have that fear, which it sounds like you do, that makes you human. So congratulations, you're in good company. 
And also what I would say is that it's probably not what you want to accept. So just acknowledge that if you're going into this this type of change, that not every opportunity is going to be right for you. And I'm going to guess that you will only accept the opportunities, or I would encourage you to only accept the opportunities that are going to be right for you and are not a downgrade in, in the ways that you don't want to downgrade. That's a challenge for people because everybody's worried that they have to, and you do not have to. So how do you do that? Let's get into some ways that you can do that. Can I ask you, what are some of the routes that you've pursued or what are some of the ways that you have been pursuing this type of change so far? And if if you're just getting started thinking about this change, that's okay too. If uh, if the answer is, I'm just starting, that's no problem too. But share with me, you know, where are you at and what are some of the ways that you've been working on this? Most people that I know who pivot out of restaurants, if they want to go deeper into the wine world, they all move into distributing. It just seems like the next step. I'm not really interested in going into distribution and it's just never really appealed to me. What I focus on is getting to know, not necessarily people higher up, but more the companies higher up above them, the suppliers, for example, more of the brands. I try to throw lots of events and wine dinners that focus on sort of the bigger companies and working more directly with people who work with importers instead of just distribution. I haven't really started putting feelers out for any jobs yet, but I don't know. I guess I've just always sort of been told that you have to go to distributing and I've been sort of fearful about making a move because I thought that if I didn't have the distribution experience, then it would just sort of be a non-starter. That makes sense. Those types of things get told to people every single day. I have not seen any of them to be true with the exception. The only area where I've seen it be an exception is those highly, highly regulated areas. Like if I want to become a medical doctor, there's some pretty specific things that I'm going to need to do in order to not go backwards, if you will, in any of the ways that we talked about. Or if I want to be a certain type of financial advisor, there's going to be some pretty specific things that I need to do, but only certain types. Other areas, most other areas don't require those same types of pathways, but it does require creativity. It does often require relationships, which I've, I've heard you acknowledge. And then we just had a question about, it does require going about it in a completely different way. So most people are going to tell you, Hey, you must get into distribution because that's the way that they've seen it done. And right. they assume that there aren't other ways. So question for you, are you really actually interested in distribution? Or are you just heading that route because you think that's the way it has to be done? I've put it off. I don't think it has to be done that way. I think, like you're saying, there would have to be some sort of creativity or some sort of connection to just sort of skip over it. Maybe finding a role that I'm more suited to than just the direct sales, because I think that's what people get out of distribution, but I'm not really interested in that part anyway. So just sort of being on the lookout, I guess, for the correct job opening. Let's take some things that you're already doing now. Let's see if we can get creative a little bit and give you a couple of steps to be able to move forward. So I heard you say, hey, I'm throwing events and I am doing some of the, I think I heard you say dinners and things like that. Mm -hmm. Are there any 
areas besides distribution where you have maybe not realistically considered, but sort of pointed out in the past and be like, ah, that would be cool. Or any types of roles in the past where you have casually seen them and you're like, ah, that would be cool. Especially as it relates to some of the things that you enjoy about your past experience and knowledge. Is there anything that jumps out first? Well, I was a teacher for a very long time, and I know that there's a lot of roles for wine education, sort of higher up that, like, people who work as suppliers also have to work as educators a lot. I mean, things like event planning or branding. Um, I've done a lot of writing work. I do wine writing, like uh, descriptions for wineries, what they write on their website, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues that just I haven't found a way to make it go into one actual job. It's like a lot of moonlighting, basically. So I'll give you one really quick example. Someone else who also spent time in Italy was not a sommelier. She did not have the same level of knowledge that you have, but she had essentially worked in communications, worked in a few other different areas too. She was really interested in combining together pieces like being able to write Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to explore her interest and love of wine and traveler or travel, excuse me. Also, at the same time, she was looking for additional pieces like flexibility, maintaining a fairly high compensation level. And there was a few other things that were on her list too. Mm-hmm. So in her case, she started exploring smaller organizations that were affiliated with wine tourism and just were around the general types of fringes of the industry that combined a few of those things together. We use the example of making a target list of organizations. So she did that. Great. She put about, I think it was like between 10 and 15 organizations on that. And then one of the things she realized is that there was already an opportunity she didn't know about that was needed at one of these smaller startup type organizations. It only had about three or four employees or something along those lines, but she ended up being able to combine that together and create a role by approaching, approaching some people that she already had a relationship with that had been in the wine and and travel and tourism industry. And it took her about three months or so, but she was able to make several proposals to them and, and do that. And that came out of existing relationships. So her name was Christy. She ended up actually working for winetraveler.com and she now functions as their COO, but really that's a combination of writing and leveraging a lot of the pieces that she is interested in. COO does not necessarily mean the normal definition of COO in this case. So here's the reason why I'm sharing that. I think that you could probably continue to do some of the things that you're already doing, but maybe reach a little bit further beyond the boundaries of where you've been exploring in the past. So you, you're probably, I'm going to guess, great at putting together dinners and events and things like that. Is that a fair assessment? Are you better at that sort of thing than the average person? Um, yes, I think so. That's fantastic. So if you're already doing that, and that's one of the ways that you're already building relationships, let's see if we can expand that or maybe even invite some of the people that you would already invite to bring other people along with it and begin to cultivate those types of relationships just a little bit further outside of the normal circles that you may have in there. Is that going to be a direct result? in you know, getting you a job offer? No, absolutely not. Is that going to expose you to some different pieces that you could say, hey, I want to explore more the wine blogging side or the, I don't know, insert the type of thing that you might casually be interested in here. And then you can probably already have some sort of connections that are 
a shirt tail in which you could invite some of those people in in one way or another. So I think that's easy only because you're already doing it. So just look a little bit further. So that's thing number one. Thing number two, I think that it's going to be critical for you to understand more about what you specifically need. I know we already talked about that in another example, but I do think that that's going to be critical to do some of that difficult work to understand what you need specifically, because that's how you're going to begin to recognize where you might find some of these opportunities. In Christy's example, the only reason she was able to have the foresight to go and approach that founder was because she had a conversation with them that triggered that, oh my goodness, maybe this could be exactly what I had just you know penned out on paper over the previous two or three months in terms of what I want. And maybe that could line out with what they need as well. That was the initial prompting to be able to, but if she hadn't done that work, she would not have recognized where those opportunities could be. You may have already done some of this. I'm not sure how far along you are, but you may already know some of the pieces you need, you're going to need to get uber specific so that when those opportunities come along, you can recognize them and take action on them. Sounds like a silly thing. However, without that, you're not going to be able to say, oh my goodness, I need to take this additional action or meet with this other person or go and have a conversation with them about whether there's an opportunity there or ask for an additional introduction. Okay. So I'm going to pause for just a second here and say, are we heading the right direction? Is any of these pieces that we've talked about so far helping? Yes, they're helping a lot. I think one of my biggest problems is that I do have so many bits and pieces of things I love and things I want to do, and it's not very specific. So I tend to just flail all over the place. So yes, this makes a lot of sense. That's totally okay. That also makes you human. If we don't have specifics, it's, it's just, it makes it really difficult to be able to move forward. Maybe I saw in your message that you had started with our eight-day mini course the one that's at figureitout.co or figureitout.co. And that'll get you started on it. If you're getting stuck on any of those areas, then you know, reach out to me or Philip directly and we can help you figure out what would be the right types of support that you need to go through some of those, answering those difficult questions of what do I really want? What do I really need? I so appreciate you getting on here and sharing background because I think a lot of people are going through this exact thing. Thank you very much for having me. It's great. Absolutely. Awesome job, by the way. Okay. So now I want to invite you to join us for another live webinar style training where Scott is going to answer your questions again. We're going to try to bring one or two people on live, just like we did with Diane and Eleanor. To sign up for the next training, go to happentoyourcareer.com slash webinar dash weekly. And after you register to attend, you'll be able to submit your question, even if you can't attend live. You can still submit your question. Again, go to happentoyourcareer.com slash webinar dash weekly. Now, stay tuned for the next episode coming out on Monday. Now, when it comes to making a career change, many people get overwhelmed with the various things that you, quote unquote, need to do. I put that in quotations because some of the things we actually do need and some of them we just think we need. But anyway, Scott and Philip are going to help simplify the process for you, and they're going to share the first three steps that you can take for your career change. And oh, by the way, 
Speaking about career change, we have temporarily reopened Career Change Boot Camp in light of everything else that's going on with the virus and quarantine situations. We don't usually reopen CCB so soon after closing it. We just closed it a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. But these are unusual times, and we want to provide you with the best help that we possibly can. So if you're interested in CCB, send Scott an email which is scott at happentoyourcareer.com with CCB conversation in the subject line. And then he'll connect you with our team to figure out the very best way that we can help you. We're also going to have the links to his email and also the link to get onto the next webinar in the show notes. So you can just swipe over and get the show notes and you click on the link right there to make it really easy. But so right now, I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.